been a long time coming. This is our 100th episode, and we've got a massive discussion to get into on this exciting episode of Kingdom Hearts Union! Hi everyone, and welcome to the 100th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Tro! Hi guys! And Sabrina! Hello everybody! It's time! Finally, after seven long years, we have reached the 100th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. Oh my god, Union. it's... Oh man, so I can't even fathom, it's so amazing, you know? Like, I've been counting down the days since, like, like last weekend, so I'm like, oh my god, 100th episode. It's insane. I feel 100. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to mark this episode as a special occasion, if you don't already know, we are actually broadcasting this episode live for the first time ever. We're doing a live uh, podcast. Whoa. Yeah. That's Whoa. that's new. I don't know if this is going to be something we try again in the future, or if maybe this will be something we can do more regularly, but I figured at the very least, let's try this out for the 100th episode. If not the 100th episode, then when? When, Churro, I ask you? I don't know. I, just, I but, don't know. That's, that's what the future scare, doesn't scare me at all, though. Exactly. So anyway, for you new folks, as crazy as that may be, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, and Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. Alrighty, we have... A two-segment show today, and oh boy, is one of the segments <laughs> no. bigger than the other. <laughs> no. We're not prepared for it. Brandon is, because so, <laughs> he's mean. So one of these segments is very long, and that's the first segment. We have, we're bringing it back, special for episode 100, Kingdom Hearts University. For this edition of Kingdom Hearts University, we will be discussing Zehanort's plot in what I want to call the final battle with Zehanort. Dun, 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 dun. This is a lot of lore. We're going to be deep diving, if you will. Kingdom Hearts oh, puns. Got to, you got to bring them out for episode 100. Basically, we're going to be going through every single game in release order and discussing what Zehanort did in each of these games, well, effectively, and setting up the final battle with Zehanort. So it's a big, big show, and part of the reason we don't typically do these uh, so frequently is because of how much setup it requires, but uh, for those who wait, you know, you will be rewarded because this is a big one. And finally, our second segment, considering we are live right now, I decided that this would be the greatest opportunity to do a live question segment. So following the final battle with Xehanort Kingdom Hearts University segment, we will be doing a live question segment, pulling questions from the chat. Alrighty. So uh, in the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like what you are hearing, like what you're watching, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we are at patreon.com slash union. Just pledge a dollar and get access to an entirely separate show it's not final fantasy union it's not kingdom hearts union it's a show we like to call please be excited and it's only for patreon supporters and all you got to do is pledge a dollar and you get in that's like so much value it's a whole nother show and it helps us so it helps all the stuff we do get better so that's 
that's awesome all around. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero, Christian Burge, Christian Thompson, who is at Orbits Gaming, Clay Killo, who is at Super Nendo, Josh McNabb, who is at J2K9, uh, Louis James, Nico Gonzalez, who is at Nick underscore Knack95. We have Satria Jajazudharma, who is at Satria625 Rubin. We have Skylar Loveless, Tiger Crane, who is at Paupu Milkshake, William Trengrove, who is at Varnish the Azure, Harley Crawley, who is at DarkZT Okami, Kina Johnston, who is at Axken, Michael Graham, Thorn Bullen, who is at Massacre23, Zach Duranto, who is at Z Duranto, Alex Troutman, who is at Akira Namejin, Billy Jackson, who is at underscore Billy Jackson, Genesis Alejandro, who is at Junisan7, Keith Field, at The Mighty Keith, Manny Franks, at like underscore Peyton, Mike Shirley Donnelly, who is at Curious Quail, V Tanitas, who is at V underscore Tron 5000, Zelda Clone, who is at Apes Type Novels, and Zero Yano, who is at Dearly Oblivion. And uh, as always, if you guys want to be a part of the show, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. Typically, we aren't live, so if you want your questions answered, the best way to get involved with the show is to send your questions there. So khuquestions at gmail.com. Send us one, send us ten, send us as many questions as you'd like, and we will uh, definitely get to them on the show. All right, guys. It is time for Kingdom Hearts University, your number one source to get the PhD required to understand the Kingdom Hearts series. All right. So this uh, segment is divided into several segments, one for each of the games. So let us let us begin with Ansem. Oh, God. Kingdom Hearts 1, Ansem. So. So firstly, uh, let's talk about our first villain, Ansem. As far as we knew, he was nice. He was a king, you know, ruling, ruling the land uh, with, with kindness and, you know, learning about the heartless and trying to fight the darkness. But, you know, as, as with all good video games, we have a plot twist. It turns out he's evil. So, <clears throat> in Kingdom Hearts 1... Ansem's goal, more than anything, was to basically gather the princesses of hearts so that he could reveal the door to darkness. And with the door to darkness revealed, he would use it to enter the realm of darkness and find kingdom hearts buried deep within the realm of darkness and use it to become filled with the power of darkness. Supreme darkness. darkness. So... Something I really appreciate about Kingdom Hearts 1, and let's enjoy it before we get any further into the segment. Ansem was about all you could ever ask for in a villain. You know, he starts out nice, there's a plot twist to reveal he's evil, and then what does he want? Well, he wants to do some evil, he wants to do some evil things, you know, gathering the princesses of heart, and then he wants ultimate power. That's all he wants. Simple straightforward no time traveling no no memory nothing i just want a whole lot of power and i want it of the evil variety real straightforward what do you guys think of ansem overall the original ansem as far as we knew about him in kingdom hearts one it's a really good looking ansem i'll tell you that. <laughs> very good he's very, he's very handsome and, and, he, and he has a sexy voice too oh Billy Zane. It, it can it can it can it can make like a kitten purr you know it, it makes a kitten purr to me like 
he talks so it's kind of nice. exactly so Ansem you know can't really can't really get down on him uh, a little behind the scenes stuff Ansem was not the original villain of Kingdom Hearts 1 uh, originally it was just going to be Maleficent and uh, it was actually toward uh, inspired by the prodding of Hironobu Sakaguchi uh, to Nomura saying uh, this game is too simple you know, too straightforward, that Nomura decided to start making the plot a little bit more complicated. And a part of that complication was adding uh, a new villain, an original villain, some someone that Nomura had more control over. Because unfortunately, with the first Kingdom Hearts game, Nomura didn't really have that much say over what he could do with Disney characters. But if he makes a new villain, something completely original, he can make it as evil as he wants... And something interesting to know is because Ansem was added later in the development of the game, that's why you notice he's not in most of the game. <laughs> he's in a little bit at the beginning and he's in a little bit at the end, but for most of the game, you do not see Ansem. Whereas in other games, like for example, uh, Chain of Memories uh, or Kingdom Hearts 2, the villains are front and center within the few first few minutes of the game. And that's because they knew who their villains were from the get-go. So just some interesting trivia. But speaking of trivia, uh, oh. part of Kingdom Hearts University, for, for those of you that don't know, is we have uh, trivia, uh, partially to educate, partially to humiliate. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I knew you were gonna put that in there. <laughs> only us, like so. Only us. Basically, I just pick trivia questions that are so ridiculous that there is no way that you will get it immediately unless you Google it. And in the case of uh, Churro and Sabby, they're sort of in the hot seat, so they have to answer fast. So uh, there's no way they're gonna get away with uh, with cheating on this one. So the first, I mean, like, come on, it's, it's been like a long time since. I All right. So the one, first so, like... question. Let's see. Who do I want to go first? I'll go. First. Okay. Churro. Let's let's make Churro go first. <clears throat> Churro, what direction does Destiny North? What direction does Destiny Islands face? Are you kidding me? Are you, are you seriously kidding <laughs> are you, me? Right now? What direction yeah, you are does the play, today. specifically the play island, what direction does the play island face? I'm just going to say south. Okay, uh, I'll give you a hint. It's definitely not north or south. <laughs> um, the, uh, how normal suns like rise and mm-hmm. set. West. Uh, the west. Mm, or the That is yeah. a good call. And... If this was Kingdom Hearts, if we were only talking about Kingdom Hearts 1, I would agree and say 120 million percent. That is right. But, by the way, if you didn't notice, this is a bit of a trick question. <laughs> gotta start with it. Of course it gotta is. Gotta start with a trick question. Oh, God, no, really. But there's a little bit of a interesting, concerning bit of continuity, not so continuity. So in Kingdom Hearts 1, and in most Kingdom Hearts games, when you're on the play island, anytime there's a sunset, you see it setting in front of the island, as far as we know, to be the front. By the way, the other trick question part of it is, uh, there is no direction. There is no front to an island. Wait, wait. <laughs> front, front is relative. Suck, so it doesn't Brandon. really... F- the, the, s- island, the, the island doesn't face anywhere. But anyway... <laughs> So there's a little bit of a problem here. So in Kingdom Hearts 1 and in most Kingdom Hearts games, it sets, quote unquote, in front of you when you're standing on Destiny Islands looking out to the sea. But in Kingdom Hearts 2, Kyrie and Selfie are walking home from after school. 
and they're looking towards Destiny Islands. Oh, my God. And the sun is setting. And guess what? It's in front of them, meaning the sun both sets in the east and the west. For some reason, it's in a super, it's some weird superposition of both options. It can set wherever you want. (laughs) Doesn't matter. And it's not just a pre Kingdom Hearts 2 thing. It's also like, uh, for example, when uh, in Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance, when you see uh, young Zehanort standing on the beach and he says his famous line, This world is just too small. When he says that, he's looking out at the sunset. Uh, right there on on the play island and you might say well well maybe brandon maybe maybe when he's looking at it it's a sunrise did you ever think of that huh huh well uh in the same game birth by sleep uh sora and riku are going home for the day after playing because their dads need to go pick them up on the boat and guess what the sun is setting in the same place so as far as kingdom hearts is concerned who cares where the sun sets why'd you ask the question then (laughs) exactly Exactly. the point is and if you if you if you guys haven't caught on yet the point of these questions are partially to educate partially to humiliate but the other partially is to bring up uh inconsistencies in the kingdom hearts series because the frustration that you feel right now is exactly how frustrated you should be because continuity in video games is important we shouldn't we shouldn't accept this come on namora fix the sun brendan i am not inviting you to e3 again <laughs> pick, a side. pick a side namora Burn. all right so that is uh <laughs> that is kingdom hearts one let us move on to kingdom hearts chain of memories so in kingdom hearts chain of memories uh, we actually don't have uh, too much interaction from Ansem, at least ha- in at least the first half of the game. Uh, but in this game, uh, the plot revolved around the organization, and as we know them now, Organization 13, luring Sora into Castle Oblivion so they could use Naminé's memory powers to make Sora their slave. For what reasons? I don't know. I guess you'll have to buy the sequel on PS2. Wink, wink. But uh, effectively, that's the first part of the story. And we soon realize later on that uh, the leader of the Organization 13 is tied to Xehanort. And he is the one uh, pulling the strings on this plot. Uh, The next half of Chain of Memories is the Riku side of things. Where uh, Now, an important thing to note, and uh, we actually witnessed it on our last deep dive stream but i think this is a good thing a good plot point to reiterate um because kingdom hearts 3 is coming up but uh so in kingdom hearts 1 uh it ends with riku and mickey being locked in the realm of darkness and uh it's always a big question you know so they get into the realm of darkness how do they get out well in kingdom hearts chain of memories diz in the guise of ansem uh basically gives Riku a card and Riku accepts the card and he is transported to Castle Oblivion. And later on in the castle floors, Mickey shows up in corporal form, meaning his bodily form. And Mickey says, oh, uh, a voice spoke to me and handed me a card and I was suddenly transported here. So if I were to ask a trivia question (laughs) regarding how Riku and Mickey... Uh, get out of the realm of darkness the answer is that diz actually rescued them by handing them a card so 
Uh, so basically, Diz was in the realm of darkness yeah, too, <laughs> which is weird. Which is why he, which why he says at birth by sleep, he's this is the second time he's been there. Exactly. So it's kind of interesting to see how Diz can sort of come and go freely through the realm of darkness, and how. But they didn't know who he is already. They didn't point, know. Right? Yeah, yeah, they didn't, didn't know. know. Was they, it kind they, of like Stranger Danger kind of thing? It's a Stranger like, Danger a card. thing. Just take the card. But it's it kind of makes just you think it. like, hmm. So if Diz can just sort of come and go when he pleases, and all he's got to do is hand him a card, and they can just show up back in the in the real world, or in the realm, or at least in the realm in between. So because technically, where they were in Castle Oblivion, that wasn't the realm of light. So to be fair, not the realm of light. You know, couldn't couldn't Diz just do that with uh with uh you know with Aqua? You know, couldn't he just uh, again just leave the realm of darkness again if he wanted to, and then like, all right. Let me send uh let me send Aqua a, a postcard <laughs> and bring her back. All right. Enough enough criticizing. Well, didn't he say he's like his didn't he say his memories were like fading away or something? Like he was just like yeah. in like a weak fragile state or something. Yeah, I guess he sort of I guess he sort of accepted his fate and decided not to mess around in the realm of lights anymore. So that's uh that's Kingdom Hearts Shade of Memories plot. Also, quite simple for the most part. Uh we do have a lot of plot stuff thrown at you, but as far as the main plot or the main component of Zehenort's plot via Organization 13, is pretty straightforward. All they want is they want to lure Sora into the realm of into uh, Castle Oblivion, wipe him of all his memories, and use him for whatever reason. We'll tell you in the sequel. And then uh, Diz, his main goal was to bring Riku and Mickey out of the realm of darkness and push Riku on the path he was destined to go on, which in Riku's case, he chose the road to dawn, while also accepting his darkness uh, in the process. So that's Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories in a nutshell. Let's move on to Kingdom Hearts 2, which I also have more art for that. Boom, boom, boom. All right, so for Kingdom Hearts 2, the main driving force of Kingdom Hearts 2, as you could imagine coming off of uh, chain of memories uh organization 13 the main uh antagonistic force is uh you know the main villain in this uh in this story and what's really interesting is their motives but first let's talk about what they do so in kingdom hearts 2 organization's main actions revolve around baiting sora into taking out heartless and the way they do this is by going into a bunch of Disney worlds and stirring up trouble. Stirring up trouble. That's the best way I could describe it. So, for example, uh, in uh, uh, Beast Castle, you know, Zaldan goes there and sort of confuses Beast, steals his rose, and uh, causes him to question, you know, his relationships with people. And ultimately, it's uh, designed to bring Sora there and uh, have him, you know, fight Heartless that are summoned there and, you know, defeat things and ultimately so that we can uh, unlock hearts from these Heartless. So, yeah, effectively, Organization 13, they're just going around trolling everybody and tr- and effectively they're assuming that if they're going around trolling everybody, uh, they will be going around, they will be causing Sora to want to come over and save the day. So they're basically using him as they did very similarly in Chain of Memories. So the next bit of the plot, Xemnas, the leader of Organization 13 and the nobody of 
a guy named Zehanort. The first time we ever hear the guy named Zehanort. Uh, the leader of Organization 13 uh, uses these hearts that are collected by Sora's Keyblade to create a Kingdom Heart to make the members of Organization 13 whole again. Quote unquote whole again, because we'll be coming back to that later in a future game. But I want to get your guys' opinions on this, because when going through Kingdom Hearts 2's story, apart from Organization 13 going around trolling people, like, did Organization really. Did Organization 13 really do anything evil? Because this is kind of... No, I guess not. Like, <laughs> that's, the, that's kind of the weird really, part. Really think about it, like, in anything, they were all very just, you know, go here, do this. Yeah, I mean, really, all they were trying to do is get Sora to go around defeating Heartless, and there's nothing necessarily inherently evil about him killing Heartless. He did that like no problem in kingdom hearts one and in kingdom hearts two the goal at least as far as they were telling us was that oh you know we would have sora go around the worlds collecting hearts we'll make kingdom hearts and we're gonna be whole again because you know as far as we can tell these poor people were turned you know were killed effectively and became nobodies and they can't feel emotions they can't feel anything so who are we to deny them of becoming whole again so as far as we know in kingdom hearts 2 there's really not that much we could fault them on like in essence what what makes our quest more just than theirs i mean they're trying to become whole again we're trying to rid the world of darkness it seems like it's win-win but it's really all in the tertiary stuff that they do that they sort of become our enemies. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting because unlike this is very different from um, from Chain of Memories where they're, you know, straight up trying to make Sora a slave and wipe his mind. That's like that is like actually evil. Uh, there's also Kingdom Hearts 1 and some kidnapping people like he's not the one who's kidnapping, but he's sort of like pulling the strings and sort of uh, baiting Maleficent into do, into bringing these, kidnapping these girls and bringing them to Hollow Bastion. And he wants ultimately to get superpowers and I guess destroy or rule the world. Who knows? But Xemnas, on the other hand, as far as we know in Kingdom Hearts 2, not that bad. That's just my, that's just my opinion on it. Now, uh, some people in chat bring up Axel. Axel does kidnap Kyrie, but you know, you could argue that it could be for just means. So probably just getting back at organization thirteen for exactly. You know, because because you know Ax, Axel just wanted Roxas back, and basically, you know, he would you would defy the organization just to bring him back. Exactly, and but he also got screwed over. Yep, because he got screwed they over knew about the his plan. Yep, exactly. Either way, yeah. So trivia number two, savvy. Oh, since, no. since you didn't <laughs> take first. the first one. No comment. How many Heartless has Kyrie killed on screen? How many Heartless on has Kyrie killed on screen? Hmm, I wonder. Hmm. Has she killed any? Or 20? 
The world may I, never know. Okay, so I want to... Okay. Okay. No, I, have, I feel like it's a small <laughs> trick question, but there's a count... Or is it a trick question? Kingdom Hearts 1, she did it? Eh, no, in Kingdom Hearts 1, okay. when she hugs Sora as a Heartless, it kind of disappeared. Does that count as killing the Heartless no, and bringing back no. someone back to life? I, I don't no? I don't count... I don't count that, and I don't count... Uh, I, I will also uh, not count... Uh, the fact that Sora, uh, that Kyrie was in Sora through all of Kingdom Hearts one, so technically any Heartless that he killed, she killed. No, no, no. That I don't, I don't count that. This is straight up. This is just Kingdom Kyrie, Hearts two, right? Kyrie with a Keyblade killing Heartless. How many? I feel like she only did like two or three. I'm trying to figure one out of those numbers might be right. I'm, I'm trying. I'm like imagining in my head. One, two. Just, just, just tell what your heart tells you. I'm gonna do three. I'm gonna say three. I, I I believe in her that she can actually like attempt to kill three. <laughs> she killed two heartless, two shadows. Ooh, not a trick question actually, but who knows <laughs> when it comes to the trivia on Kingdom Hearts University? But yes, uh, Kyrie got the got her little flower power keyblade and was like, "This time I'll fight." And then she runs off and goes pop pop and uh, kills two shadows. But that's a that, now to be fair, she might have killed more, but on screen she killed two. All right, so moving on past Kingdom Hearts two to uh, a game that happens in between Kingdom Hearts one and two, Kingdom Hearts three five eight days over two best title ten out of ten would would title again. <laughs> All right, so uh, in this game. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> there's not really that big. Xehanort's plot isn't that deep here, but I mean, it's deep, I guess, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really extend that far beyond this game. So yet, at least. So uh, the main deal of Zehan or Zemnus's actions in this game was that he commissions Vexen to create Shion, who is a replica made of Sora's memories of Kyrie. Xion's purpose was to be a Keyblade-wielding organization member just in case that Roxas would not be sufficient for the organization's plans. So Wait, 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 Brandon. Yes. Who are we talking about here? Xion. Who? Xion. I don't know who the Xion is. Who, uh, who is Xion? Sneaky, sneaky. Cause we, yeah, because we forget. Don't worry, you don't need to remember. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to remember that much, but... To jog your memory, if you ever wanted to know. Uh, so she, uh, yeah, she was a replica made of Sora's memories of Kyrie, And th- there's kind of a theme here. So initially, uh, Roxas is brought into the organization. And uh, as uh, described in further games, uh, Xemnas basically says that Roxas proved too unwieldy. You know, he came too aware of himself and was not easy to control so that's one time that they tried to get a keyblade wielder on their side another time they tried to get a keyblade wielder on their side was in kingdom hearts chain of memories uh they tried to how did that go yeah that didn't (laughs) go very well so they tried to erase sora's memories but as nominee put it you can't in you know when it comes to the the heart's strongest memories they're never gone for good and ultimately sora defeats all the organization members well all the organization members in the upper half of the tower, upper half of the castle, and uh, they don't uh, they don't succeed in capturing Sora. And there's another game where they do something similar and also don't succeed in capturing Sora. 
So basically, a lot of what Organization 13 does behind the scenes is trying to get Sora or someone like Sora or like, come on, can we get a Keyblade wielder? I want a Keyblade wielder so bad. And they keep trying. Um, also, Replica Riku could have also done a similar thing uh, because, you know, you could argue that Riku can also wield a Keyblade. So maybe Replica Riku could wield a Keyblade. But at the end of the day, uh, Organization 13, they just want a Keyblade wielder so bad. One that they can count on. So sad. Poor guys. I feel bad for them. So moving on from uh, 358 over 2, we're moving on into Birth by Sleep. A big game. Nomura actually considers Birth by Sleep to be episode 0 of Kingdom Hearts. So if there was ever a Kingdom Hearts 0, this is the one. Uh, so, so what, uh, what would... Uh... Kingdom Hearts Key and Unchained Key be negative one. That would be like, well, more like negative, more like negative a hundred or (laughs) it's a great question. This is like super prologue, super duper backstory prologue. But yes, Nomura call, Nomura effectively calls Birth by Sleep Kingdom Hearts Zero. So uh, in Birth by Sleep, we're going back in time, uh, approximately 10 years prior to the events of Kingdom Hearts 1. We have... uh, Master Zehenort, uh in this game. So uh, as you've noticed uh, throughout these games, uh, we can't get rid of this guy. You know, in one form or another, it, uh, either he's dead or he's alive or he's brought back to life. Somehow there's a Xehanort involved in one of these games in, in some way, somehow. Uh, even, you know, it could be a, you know, a figment of your imagination. Somehow it's re- he's there. So in this game, we've got the Big Daddy, the original, the OG, Master. Excuse me? Master Xehanort. So in Birth by Sleep, we've got Master Xehanort and uh, his main deal here. So we've got a few few sets of things that he does. Uh, The two main uh, protagonists that he's dealing with are uh, Terra and... Uh, Ven. These are the two main characters that are the biggest parts of his plan, his master plan. So, uh, firstly, let's talk about Terra because he's the one uh, that is most important as far as the present is concerned in Birth by Sleep. So, uh, Master Xehanort is trying to groom Terra throughout the entire game. From the very beginning, when he starts his Mark of Mastery, uh, Master Xehanort is trying to uh, turn Terra over to his side. You'll you'll sort of notice a trend with these Xehanort guys. <laughs> Always got to seduce people. You know, he's such a sexy guy. So, you know, who could deny him? <laughs> who could deny him? So Master Xehanort is grooming Terra effectively into becoming the perfect dark vessel for his heart. And he begins by stirring the darkness in his heart and causing him to question his uh, himself and his master, Master Ericus, uh, at the very beginning of the game and throughout his journey. Uh, Master Zehenort, then later in the game, when they ultimately have their climactic battle towards the end of the game, Master Zehenort allows himself to lose to Terra, ultimately allowing him to unleash his heart and possess Terra, uh, effectively becoming uh, what we would call in the fan community Terranort, a fusion between Terra and Zehenort. This is very similar to what uh, Ansem slash Riku do in Kingdom Hearts 1, where uh, Ansem sort of possesses Riku. So very similar things. We've got these repeating themes of possession 
you know, how darkness possesses people. So very interesting. And uh, Terranort, uh, upon being defeated by uh, Terra's lingering will, later appears in Radiant Garden, awakens in Radiant Garden, no memory of his former self, and is seemingly uh, losing all his memories. And uh, when Ansem the Wise finds him on the floor, he's like, hey, what's up? Who are you? And he's like, I'm Xehanort. <laughs> and then uh, Ansem the Wise is like, all right, you can be my apprentice. And then that, that sort of uh, leads him on his journey. Uh, and then what happened after that? And then after that, uh, Aqua (laughs) eventually shows up and fights him, and then he falls into the realm of darkness, and then Aqua's like, no, you're evil. You belong in the realm of light. And then Aqua's in the realm of darkness. (laughs) Oh, Aqua, we love you. But moving... 0.2. Yeah, yeah, it gets us another game, right? So moving on, we've got Ventus. So Ventus was effectively used as an experiment by Xehanort prior to the events of Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. And in his experiment, uh, Xehanort extracts the darkness out of his heart and creates another entity known as Venitas. And uh, he wants uh, Venitas and Ventus at some point in the future to fight each other to effectively forge what is known as the Keyblade. It's a Keyblade in the sense that we're using a Greek symbol for the first time in the series. Don't question it. It's it's a Greek character. It's called Key. So it's the Keyblade. So they forge the Keyblade and the Keyblade's purpose is to summon Kingdom Hearts and uh, what's interesting is his his reasoning behind wanting Kingdom Hearts, uh, which I think we can get to after a few trivia oh, trivia questions. <clears throat> oh God! So since Savvy went last, yeah. uh, let's let's go with <laughs> Churro next. I'm sorry, <laughs> let's see. Oh so God. Churro. What yes. what happened after the Keyblade War? Everybody died. <laughs> Everybody died. <laughs> uh, you're gonna need to be a little bit more specific. Like which one? The first one? The f- yes, the first ancient ancient the ancient Cleek Keyblade War. What well, happened? I, I haven't finished. I haven't finished Kingdom Hearts Key yet, so I can't answer. Oh that. well, oh, there. You say that, but there's actually been uh, know, several games that have talked exactly like about what happens. <laughs> I know, I know. You, you can take a stab in the dark. A- anything. Yeah, a- the world's plunged into darkness. Right? Boom. Yep, that's one thing. Did that's it. Thing. Got there's, one. Uh, oh, so, part of it. So that that's I one part. So the rest of it. So first things, the world was covered in darkness and it disappeared. But later, small fragments of light, which survived in the heart of children, uh, were able to rebuild the lost world. But the worlds were separated, divided, and it's the world we live in now. So remember, child, something, something, something. Remember the light. <laughs> like, I'm really good at memorizing. I don't remember that part. Like, oh man. No, I don't. I don't memorize. No, he's I, just reading off. 
I, I just remember parts parts of it. But yeah, effectively, so uh, the world is plunged into darkness. That's one thing that happened. Uh, the world is lost, and it's rebuilt later by uh, children who have light still shining deep in their hearts somewhere, and they rebuild the world. But unfortunately, it's built in many, many, many scattered separate worlds. Wow. That dot the night sky as if they were stars. But for some reason, when you go to the worlds, there are suns in the sky. And somehow those are stars too, but you never see them in the universe. I wonder how that works. And anyway, <laughs> enough. To, oh, there's been a lot of talk about suns in this, in this uh, series, but clearly not important to Kingdom Hearts. Sabby. Oh no, okay. I have a question. You <laughs> <laughs> And I think, unfortunately, I think, the, I, I think this one's a little bit more obscure. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. God, okay. Cheryl, help me. You're my lifeline. That's what you... So the question is, why are the worlds still scattered? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Why are the worlds still scattered? Divided? I'm going to have a lifeline. I'm going to go to the chat. <laughs> My friends, <laughs> please answer this question sure, for me because I have no idea. I'm sure some. I'm sure someone in the so, chat. Can yeah, I'm, it we'll out. see. Let's see what chat they has, say. Chat, chat has Google. Chat has Google. They have stream delay. They got some time. In the they meantime, got some time. Venitas is very good looking. I'll give you that. <laughs> Venitas is shockingly good looking. Yeah, kind of reminds me of another guy. This is a little dark sore, you know. He dyed his hair, you know. When, uh, when, instead of Pokemon Sun and Moon, fan, it's Kingdom Sun and Moon. Because plot, Junisan, Junisan is really on the money. Honestly, Junisan, that's the answer to all the questions. So the question is, just again to repeat, why are the worlds still scattered? Hmm, I wonder. Because Sola, because reasons. Sexy Dark Sexy Sora. Dark yes. Sora. Because <laughs> Sora locked up all the keyholes. <laughs> nope. Because Sora can't do math. That's true, but not the answer. All right, I'm gonna give it one more, one more answer from the chat, and let's see, let's see if they get it. Don't worry, chat. This is all about learning. It's all about re- learning. That's what's called Kinemarch University for a reason. In order for it to not happen again, ah, uh, that's. That might be related to it as to why no one's tried to reconnect them again, but it's not the reason why they're not still connected. So the reason the worlds are still scattered is because the true light still sleeps within the darkness. Kingdom Hearts. Boom. Exactly. Drop because the mic. Ca- first true Kingdom Hearts... The first true light vanished and disappeared into the darkness. And once it all disappeared into the darkness, the world was covered in darkness. And then it was recreated, but separated. And it's still separated to this day because Kingdom Hearts still sleeps within the darkness. That's why. I want to feel like you make some of the stuff up. (laughs) I'm trying to... Basically, in preparation for this show, I watched... All of the cutscenes of Dream Drop Distance, almost all of the cutscenes of Birth by Sleep, almost all of the cutscenes of Kingdom Hearts 2, because obviously those are the more lore-heavy games. And I kept picking up these things like, oh, I forgot that. <laughs> Let me write this down. That'll be a good question later. And trust me, that wasn't all of them. All of the things that I came up with. All right, so moving on, the next game on the list. So moving past uh, Birth by Sleep, we've got Recoded. 
Nothing happened and recoded. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to Dream Drop Distance. My goodness. <laughs> I, I feel bad for Recoded. Right. Poor Recoded. Unfortunately, Recoded doesn't really have much to do with anything. It's, it's, it's like the black sheep of the Cage series. Oh, poor Recoded. Anyways. So, uh, Dream Drop Distance is by far the most relevant to our discussion, the most relevant game to our discussion, because so much lore was dumped and so much prior lore was recontextualized as a result of the lore dumped in Dream Drop Distance. So everything you think you know now means something completely different. Kind of reminds me of Kingdom Hearts 2 in a way. (laughs) So uh, in Dream Drop Distance, uh, oh boy, we got a lot of things. So... Let's start with, in this game, I think we're going to do things a little bit more uh, chronologically, so this makes a little bit more sense. So let's start with time travel. (laughs) The easy thing to talk about. So, Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, yeah, the guy from the first game, uh, gave up his heart and went back in time to set young Zehenort on his path, his path of evil. That would follow him all the days of his life until he's an old wrinkle-looking elf for some reason. By the way, can we talk about <laughs> Xehanort's elf ears? Why is the old guy the only one with elf ears? He's just more evil that that's way. Too much darkness. <laughs> I mean, partial, part of it could be like, well, maybe it's because they wanted Leonard Nimoy to be <laughs> to be Xehanort the whole time. He wanted Spock ears, but like, it just makes him look doofy. I don't know. Anyway, just wanted to point that out. What does he have, y'all, fears? Anyway. So, uh, Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, goes back in time, gives up his heart, went back in time, sets young Xehanort on his path, and he also gave young Xehanort time-traveling powers. Because as long as uh, you travel back in time and talk to yourself, you can give your old self time-traveling powers. That's how it works. Um... Next bit, after everything that Ansem Seeker of Darkness does uh, with young Xehanort, he returns to his own time and enacts his plot in Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, Young Xehanort time travels to the present time to capture Sora during his Mark of Mastery exam. Again, Xehanort's, you know, they're so predictable every single time. All, what what do they want? At the end of the day, all they want in life is to capture a Keyblade wielder so they can do whatever it is they want to do. And, you know, they always really love Sora. Uh, one of the, Actually, they actually do give a reason why they don't choose Riku, and it's because he's got a... Uh, he sort of has a resistance to the darkness. So, unfortunately, Riku is not uh, not good enough. They don't care about Riku anymore. Not e- Oh, so sad. Not even Anselm Seeker of Darkness cares about Riku anymore. He's like, Psh, man, you rejected he's me. Like, he's, like, I'm o- he's like, I'm over I'm you. I'm over you, Riku. I'm moving out of here. I'm going on to Sora. He likes us better. He's always fighting us. At least he, at least he calls. <laughs> at least he fights us and like, annoys us. But I think it's more exactly. like... I guess because Sora is so willingly able to help all the time, it's like a weakness of some sort. 
Yes, he's also him. very gullible yeah. and not very perceptive. No, no, which is why which is why he wasn't made a uh, Keyblade Master, unfortunately. So uh, it is revealed in this game that the true plan of Organization Thirteen ha- it has been and always was and currently is and will still be the the true plan of Organization Thirteen is to create thirteen Xehanorts. So back in Kingdom Hearts Two, we were t- when we were talking about Kingdom Hearts Two, we were talking about how it was kind of weird. Like it seemed like if you just go based off of purely why Xemnas was doing what he was doing, nothing really seemed evil about any of it. And that's because, according to Dream Drop Distance, or at least Dream Drop Distance fixes that problem, it's because he wasn't telling you the whole story. And the whole story was he wanted to hook up all those guys to Kingdom Hearts and turn them into Xehanorts. See, I'm already half Xehanort. Not word for word, of course, but anyway. <laughs> So it's revealed that the true plan of Organization 13 is to create 13 Xehanorts that will be the 13 darknesses that would ultimately battle the seven lights that would ultimately uh, reform the Keyblade and allow old guy Xehanort, the elf guy, to summon Kingdom Hearts. So if if Xehanorts want two things, they want two things in life. They want to get Keyblade. They want to get a Keyblade wielder that they can count on, and they just want to summon Kingdom Hearts. Okay, is that too much to ask? <laughs> that's that's basically what the entire series uh, conflicts boil down to is they're trying to get a Keyblade wielder so they can summon Kingdom Hearts. That's that's ninety nine percent of these games. So um, so yes, uh, and this yeah, and effectively. Well, something that's kind of interesting is that in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, uh, Xehanort gives uh, Ericus a reason for this. And the reason is that he wants that at the end of the Keyblade War, the world was effectively destroyed, but then it was also recreated. He wants to see what happens again, because in his words, destruction begets creation. He wants to see... Out of curiosity, he says to uh, to Ericus, he wants to see what will happen. That's why he's pursuing Kingdom Hearts. That's why he's pursuing the Keyblade. That's what he says in Birth by Sleep. But at the in the uh, in Kingdom Hearts two point five, uh, there's a new secret movie added, <laughs> where young Zehenort and uh, Zigbar are talking and Zigbar is like, well, pff, nobody knows what that guy's true intentions are. I mean, pff, like who knows why he wants kingdom hearts? Like, come on, man. So, uh, it is possible that again, the intentions that Zehanort states he has may not be his true intentions. So we'll have to see what those are in kingdom hearts three. So that pretty much wraps up our entire, summary our our entire deep dive into the uh Zehanort plot this effectively sets up our final showdown with Zehanort uh at the end of the day in Kingdom Hearts 3 uh Zehanort's main plan will be to form his 13 darknesses and attack Sora and his seven lights once they form their seven lights and they will ultimately reform the keyblade and uh, finally, summon Kingdom Hearts. At least that's what he wants. So, for our final trivia, 
our final trivia question. We're working hmm. together on this one. You can work together on this one. I think I, okay. you might need it. You might not. Honestly, I don't think this one's that hard, but I, I think it's important considering the stuff we just talked about. So the question is, it's not really a question, more of a, uh, a statement, uh, a command. <laughs> <laughs> it's a command. So I want you guys to list oh, all the characters that have orange eyes. Are you from? Because mm. as you might guess, that might be important for the feature of the series regarding the identities of the 13 Zehanorts. Oh. I currently have, just to make it a little bit simpler, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I have 9 characters with orange eyes. Wait, how the hell did you get 9 characters? I've got 9. Mm. I've got 9. You'll see. You'll see. Some of them, I'll, I'll just be be fair. Like, if they're separate Zehanorts, if they have separate existences, I'm considering them as separate people. So, start listening some off, and I can I can I can cross some of these out to make sure you got them. Uh, uh, some of them are obvious. Some of them are literally on screen right now. There's two on screen. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just confirming as well. Is it you mean yellow eyes, right? Yellow orange eyes, same thing. Yellow, yellow. Here's the here's the sad thing is some of them have different hues and it's a little weird so yellow orange yeah he's xehanort himself okay so master xehanort all right i'm good with that yeah young young xehanort yep i'm good with that you got uh and some secret of darkness yep i'm good with that xemnas yep i'm good with that yep um isa yep this how many is that six uh yep. You have a uh, Terra Zaynort. Yep. So that's seven. seven. Let's see. I need to look through which. Can you re- can you say the ones again so I can refute this? <laughs> okay. Yeah, Zaynort. So Ma- so specifically, Mas- Master Zaynort, right? Yes. Okay, so Master Zaynort. And some Seeker of Darkness. Young. Young Zaynort. Young Zaynort. Okay, so that's three. Exemnus. Exemnus. Uh, Isa. Isa. Um, Brag. Brag, yep. yep. Terra Zaynort. Terra Zaynort. Uh, I've got two others that I think you haven't said yet. I would say Benitez. Yep. Oh. That's one. I got one more. That's it. Almost there. And, and, uh, Ansem the Wise. Yay! Oh, nice! That's all of them. So Master Xehanort, Ansem Seeker of Darkness, Xemnas, Terranort, Young Xehanort, uh, Zigbar slash Brag, Isa slash Cyx, Vanitas, and Ansem the Wise. That is all the people in the games that have the yellow peepers. Yellow slash orangish peepers. peepers. Something interesting to note. Uh, some nice continuity, by the way. Uh, at the beginning of, well, at the beginning-ish, more like the middle of Birth by Sleep, Bragg has uh, brown eyes. And then later in the game, when he starts teaming up with Xehanort, he has yellow eyes. And actually, the first time they show him with yellow eyes, they actually zoom in straight on his eye. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Really that's times. why they did that. So, quite interesting. So, I'm not saying all of these people are going to be 
members of Organization 13, the new For Real Z Organization For 13. For Real Z's. The true crew. But <laughs> there are so, there are at least two of these guys that have were not necessarily featured directly. Vanitas and Ansem the Wise uh, were not featured as being members of the organization. And hey, I mean, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying they have the eyes to play the game, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they got them. So just throwing that out there. Uh, another uh, trivia question that I was going to throw your ways, but I thought it was probably too difficult to research and too difficult to know all the names of them would be name all the keyblades that have a blue eyeball in it like a yeah the the blue snake eye because there's a few of them quite a few actually uh i'll just point out an interesting thing riku's keyblade has one Mm-hmm. Benitas and Xehanort's. Yep, and so does Xehanort's, and so does Young Master Xehanort's, and so does Benitas, and a lot of people. So, just throwing it out there. Just different things that, you know, I could have used a trivia that I didn't. So that has been our uh, Kingdom Hearts University Xehanort Final Battle Showdown segment. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was, oh boy, a whole bunch. And yes, all the foretellers, I think they've got eyeballs on their keyblades or something. So, lots of lots of lots of great stuff in this in this segment. So, moving on, we're now going to move on into our live question segment. So, if you guys have any questions to submit for the ch- for the live question segment, please send them to the chat and we will start answering them. RDC1, why does Peter plan fly all day? Which is asked by Aura World Ten. That's a good question. Um, it's because because he can. Because he never lands. Magic pixie dust. Because uh, because uh, in in Peter Pan the movie Peter Pan uh, he sings a song. You can fly. 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 I'm gonna take that as a reason. <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a reason okay, as any. Again, questions. So. Because he can. <laughs> All right. Oh wow. You want to read them out? All right, yeah, let's go uh, for it. I'll, t- I'll take the first it. one. Yeah, Churro, you take the first one. And Sabi, you what answer. Method did, what method did Xehanort use to turn Bragg into darkness? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, is a good tricky, question. tricky. Look at you go. Wait, what was the question again? What method did Xehanort use did... to turn Bragg into darkness? I, I I think I know the answer. Okay. <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, I don't know if this is the moment he's referring to, but right at the beginning of Dream Drop Distance, he's like, wait, did you, did you really lose your memories? Or, oh, maybe you never did lose your memories, Xehanort. And then Xehanort's like, that's not my name. Stab in the heart with a keyblade, the one that old guy Xehanort uses. It's Ansem. And then, and then he poofs into into darkness i don't know if that's into darkness oh yeah Uh, but he just he just he just pissed exam okay so satria satria says that's the right one so yeah that's 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 the one which by the way the only reason i would remember that to be honest honestly i would have forgotten that it's just that i just watched all the cutscenes from dream drop distance yesterday and that's a cool cutscene. so that's the only reason i remembered okay i'll take what story the next question okay you read the next um and churro you answer because i don't know the answer to this one the the unchained key one. Oh no, uh, there's one after that. I'm just going off of like Oh, there was. Message, what? 
Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you can uh, ask. Arabelle asks, what do y'all think of the fact that KH3 will be released on Xbox now, too? I have a friend that's really excited to play Kingdom Hearts 3, and I want to start uh, an, an over-under on how soon he has to ask me what the what, what the what the hell's going on. So, like, what do you oh, guys boy. think about having it on multi-platform? To me, I have no problems with it. Like I said, it's good. Know, I don't know why people start this whole... Uh, Sony versus Microsoft thing anyways. I know the star series started you know, on PlayStation. To me, the more consoles, the better. But I still don't understand why they haven't released the collections on yeah. Uh, yeah. Xbox 360 or Xbox So, Xbox I'll, I'll give my theory on, on why they haven't. Um, so, the announcement for Kingdom Hearts 3 going to Xbox happened back in 2013, and it happened prior to the consoles releasing. And it happened prior to uh, Xbox selling half the amount of consoles that uh, PlayStation 4 has and Xbox basically completely failing in Japan. So at the time, it seemed like a really good idea. And I think you'll notice a lot in like Square Enix games, especially the Japanese releases, like ever since Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 were announced for Xbox, like almost none of their Japanese titles are getting Xbox announcements. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just a business thing. Uh, I do agree with you, Chura. I think this is awesome. Like, you know, it's another opportunity to get people into the series. Um, obviously, this is probably not the best place to start, but I mean, exactly, at least they yeah. have something. Well, unfortunately, know. like if they want to yeah. play all the rest of them, they either have to, you know, take their neighbor's PS3 or something or whatnot and play the rest of the games. But for me yeah. personally, unless <laughs> but, unless they do a, a HD HD remaster, imagine. yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. But you know, what do we? We're know? waiting on it. Exactly. Still waiting on it. But, but I'm uh, gonna play on PS4 yeah. just because I have they, all of my stuff on there. So they also asked, like, you know, what's a good time and you know to start introducing them to like everything in the series. Um, I actually that would be a good time. I actually <laughs> want to do a discussion segment about that specifically, and I think I want to do it maybe next episode. If if it's not next episode, it'll probably be uh, sometime later this year. But I basically, I want to do a segment about uh, everything that you're like the like a a dummy's guide to what should I play, what should I watch, what should I read in the Kingdom Hearts series to get caught up and we can make recommendations based off of how much time you have and what consoles you have. Um, so I, I kind of want to do a, a segment about that because uh, we did a ranking of, you know, what Kingdom Hearts games we like the most slash the least. We ordered them, but I want to do uh, a ranking or at least a, a recommendation for each of the games in the series on, you know, if you need to get caught up, what you should do, you know, based off of how much you already know about the series. You know, if you've already played it before, or if you haven't played it before, or if, you know, wherever you lie in between. So I want to do a segment like that. So uh, I'll, I'll try to also make that that episode as spoiler-free as possible, because clearly this episode is not approachable for someone who's never gotten into the series. It's the opposite of that. This is like spoiler central, this episode. <laughs> but yeah. Let's get another one. Another question. What is Kingdom Hearts good for? Power? Kingdom Hearts. I was going to say abs- absolutely nothing. Oh, Kingdom nice. Hearts is good for absolutely light. Absolutely light? Oh, that's 
Yep. <laughs> sentence. That's how it went. Yeah, I, I, I like mine better. Oh, man. Um, so. But let's see. The next one, like, there was one before. It was like, rank all the Xehanort based on their hair quality. I'm going to say, Master Xehanort doesn't really have mm-hmm. hair. No, that uh, goatee. There you the go. goatee, yeah. He's uh, yeah, he's got the goatee, so that that you know that gives him something, right? And he's also got you know, young Xehanort's got a cool cool hairdo going. It's got like a mo- weird uh, mullet thing going on, like a short yeah. like a short one, because like, and some like Seeker of Darkness hair is like long and flowy, at least. Yeah. If I had to pick, I would put Ansem Seeker of Darkness number one. Yeah, nice flowing hair. Young, num- it's like the most Xenis fit like, out of all of them. <laughs> uh, I would put maybe Xemnas. Oh, no. Then I would put Young young Xehanort, then Xemnas, and then uh, Master Xehanort, yep. his ball head. <laughs> but but Churro, Churro likes that better. So I like that. Ladies. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> if you're bald out there. Uh, Hit up Churro. Yeah. Yes, call me. Uh, okay, I'll read the next one again. All right. and, uh, some people have deba- debated whether or not Xehanort should be the final boss in Kingdom Hearts 3. Some believe that a greater scope villain is a better option, like mm. Zigbar or Foreteller. What do you guys think, Xehanort or someone else? Mm. I I mean, to me, I don't want it to go like the like how Final Fantasy 9 did. Yeah, it it's actually Ozma. Like, you have... No, it's a. It was. It was a Necron. It's Necron. It's it's this guy. It's whatever. It's yeah, it's you, yeah, Yevon. Like, like, yeah, it's basically you build up like Kuja is like this, you know, throughout the entire game, and it's like all of a sudden, oh, you find Necron. Yeah. Like, where did he come from? Like, I would. I mean, basically, Nomar's calling this the you know the Xehanort saga or Dark Seeker saga. Uh, saga. So maybe that's well why he changed it. it. Maybe that's why he changed it from Dark Seeker or from Xehanort saga to Dark Seeker saga because maybe <laughs> maybe there's someone else but there beyond are, there are like Xehanort. a few games that have kind of done that. Like I played a lot of Assassin's yeah. Creed where it's like oh you thought that it was all about this but no it was like a bigger thing and you're just kind of like wait what does this even mean like what what is like my purpose now because of just like an entity that was like far beyond than what I can imagine what it was. So exactly. it was kind of like a, like a grand theft auto four. Yeah. Where, you know, uh, Nico's looking for revenge and you, and you find the the guy that, you know, that killed your entire group, you know, he's like, like a, like a shell of his former self that he last expected of him. And, you know, he doesn't even kill him. Yeah. He just lets him go. And like, and the game still, and there's still like half. There's still like fifty percent of the game still to oh, cover. Yeah. It's kind of like wow. Well, that depends like, on if you let him go. Yeah, that's an option. <laughs> oh, I, I let him go because I felt sorry for him. I shot yeah. him because eh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Me. Oh well. So yeah, I, I I personally would put it past Nomura to do that, but I kind of wish he didn't. And just let's let sleeping Xehanort's lie, just be done. Save the save the new final bosses for later, but you gotta imagine. I mean, not to get into Kingdom Hearts key too much, but that Master of Masters guy, he's probably gonna show up. I don't know. Whatever, man. We'll let plot happen. We'll let it happen. All right. So uh, next one. Next one. What did you think? What do you What do you think will be Xehanort's fate in Cage Three? Uh, I think. Jeez. Do you think do you think he'll like finally be defeated for good, or do you think it'll be like a little remnant, like kind of like a Orochimaru? I think it's gonna be. So some reason will continue to linger. I think afterwards. it's gonna be a Majin Buu situation. 
Master Xehanort will die, quote unquote die, and we're gonna have to basically here's my here's my uh my theory for how Kingdom Hearts three is gonna have to end to deal with all the Xehanorts. You're basically gonna have to go on a crazy time travel crusade to all these different points, all these different places throughout the Kingdom Hearts universe, and defeat Xehanorts in different times and different places. And ultimately, what you will be left with is young Xehanort. And I think what will end up happening is you will stop Ansem Seeker of Darkness from going back in time and talking young Xehanort into, uh, you know, going on his evil tirade, make it so that none of this never happened, and then reboot the series, uh, move on. Wow. That's what that sounds, that sounds legit. That's that's what I think is gonna happen. That, that's based a, that's off a seven of me stage watching... like battle. There you go. That's 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 my opinion on what I think the final battle is going to be like. And ultimately, I think what will happen is it's it'll be similar to Majin Buu's fate from uh, Dragon Ball, where uh, yeah, you defeated Majin Buu, but Oob Oob exists, and he's a good guy, human version of Majin Buu, and he's super powerful, and he'll be a good guy. There you go. Because it was funny because on the last episode, I was talking with uh, Nico about uh, the only way I could ever imagine it where Master Zehenort would never come back as an antagonistic force ever again. The only way it could ever happen is if he's somehow justified and turned into a good character. I do not think Nomura would let a dead villain stay dead forever. I do not think that would ever happen. You don't need to look any farther than Advent Children when he resurrected Sephiroth. <laughs> so that's what I think will happen. I think he's come he'll either come he's either going to be turned good or he'll come back later. That's my guess. And and it'll end with a crazy time travel boss fight where you fight him all these places. By the way, this was another trivia thing that I wanted to put in was um so, I don't know how to form this into a formula question, but basically, the way Ansem the Wa- or Ansem Seeker of Darkness was able to to screw over everybody with his time traveling, basically, Ansem Seeker of Darkness in his cloak form went to all these different places back in time and basically placed himself there so he could screw things over. So the reason Sora was pushed. Uh, into Organization 13's clutches in Dream Drop Distance was because Ansem Seeker of Darkness traveled back in time to uh, Destiny Islands at the point that they went back in time to in Dream Drop Distance to start the Mark of Mastery test right before the world was absorbed into darkness and him being present there, he pushed them into Organization 13's clutches, and he also pushed Riku into Sora's dreams in Inception style and made Riku Sora's dream eater. That was another thing that I wanted to make a trivia is what was Riku's role in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. He was Sora's dream eater. That's why he had a dream eater logo on his back. I don't know. A lot of lore, man. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. Too much. Too much lore. One last question, and then then we'll, we'll be done. Dunsies. Okay, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find one that like kind of gives more like discussion based. Yes. Stuff, see. Let's find a good one. 
So I would say the moral of the story is everybody, like for real though, you need to replay Dream Drop Distance. <laughs> there was a lot in there. I gotta say, out of all the games that I reviewed uh, in in advance for the for this episode, Dream Drop Distance was the most dense by far. It was also quite good. Uh, like I really enjoyed Dream Drop Distance story. Like it, it was by far my favorite of uh, all the ones that I watched. And uh, it was just very dense with like crazy plot stuff. I can't wait till we get to play Dream Drop Distance on uh, Kingdom Hearts, uh, the the deep dive, Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive stream because there's so much that I want to talk about that I thought is so cool about the story in Dream Drop Distance. Okay, we will replay it in December, says Spiro. That's right. You better replay it. Uh, okay, so I found one. This one was like really interesting, so I thought it'd be a good one. Uh, so it's if Master Zeno opens uh, opens Kingdom Hearts, would he be a good guy because he found True Light, aka Kingdom Hearts, and is reconnecting the worlds? And also, what do you think of the latest Kingdom Hearts uh, key update? Uh, we're not going to talk about Kingdom Hearts key updates because that's super spoiler yeah. nonsense. I, we can't I don't, talk I don't about even that. know about that one. But what about the first part? I didn't. I didn't read it. I'm avoiding it. But is is Ansem a good guy if he opens Kingdom Hearts? What do you guys think? I don't know. I guess it depends on how he uses it, because anytime I've seen Ansem or Xehanort try to use Kingdom Hearts, they've never been trying to go for any light, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, was trying to, I think they're just trying to take like, the event's power itself and then convert it in some mm-hmm. sort of way. And use it. Yeah. Use it and abuse it. And then... Yeah, I, I, I think that's the whole reason why they're trying to stop him, because basically... Um, they don't want the worlds to be plunged to darkness again. That's the thing. Like, they don't want it to happen. But the thing is that Xehanort's already hell-bent on trying to figure out what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I- even though he is curious, sometimes your curiosity is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. The only way I could ever see him do something in a good way is if somehow Sora convinces him to do a good thing for once in his Naruto life. Style. Naruto style. Yeah, exactly. like just talking to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna make his- Hey, it's a bad idea <laughs> make, you should do a good thing i'm gonna make this a two-part question then so this is the last one so this, what is your ideal okay. final fight for kingdom hearts 3 fighting against the owner one on one or big final fight takes part using different parties so Venge trio source trio roxas trio etc so churro what is your what is your ideal final battle like i mean go, i mean going off like the uh concept art from kingdom hearts 2 mm-hmm I'm expecting something like big like that. Yeah. I mean, something to counter. Something, something. I mean, like, I thought that was big enough. I mean, because, you know, in Kingdom March 1, you know, it's a giant, like, little floating spaceship in darkness. Then you have, um, in Kingdom March 2, you have a giant, you know, floating city that's being, you know, you know, with uh, buildings tossed at you. Now it's like, you got to go something even bigger. You got to go, like, entire, like, universe or something being, being swallowed up in the darkness or whatever. Yeah, definitely. That's. <laughs> That that seems pretty awesome. I would say I agree, and I kind of want a mixture of both of the options. Yeah. Uh, I want I want to have like all those kind of like how in Kingdom Hearts two how they did it. Like it started off with these crazy massive battles, and then the final 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 battle was a one on one, and I think that's okay. And that's that's how like Final Fantasy seven did it, for example. You know, you yeah, fight, I was gonna say that you fight the different forms of Sephiroth, and then you fight. One on one Sephiroth. I just beat Wind Waker, and that's how they did it in Wind Waker. You fight this massive puppet Ganon, and then at the end you fight Ganon. But it's not one on one. It's 
two on one. You fight with Zelda and you help kill the enemy. It's it's cute. I think. The, By the way, yeah. everybody should play Wind Waker and see how a final battle should be done mixing cutscenes. Legend of Zelda Wind Waker has a masterclass on that. It's so awesome. Anyway, uh, so I'm kind of I kind of want like a lot of stuff to happen. So I kind of want yeah. how like you're supposed to take out each darkness, but mm-hmm. but you tag team with a, a seventh light. So yeah, yeah, one of them. Yeah, because exactly. no Kingdom Hearts are gonna do something where you know how we had like limits and stuff like that. Probably something similar yeah. to a point where you know the bonds that you made with the people that are the lights slash keyblade wielders. It's important. Yeah. I would also say going based off of math and how seven is less than thirteen. Yeah. Some of those battles will have to happen where you're fighting more than one Xehanort, and that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. I think. Maybe like Colosseum fighting. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> at least fighting two Xehanorts. I mean, I could see fighting uh, Xemnas and Ansem at the same time. Like that would be pretty awesome. Mm. At, like Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, speak specifically. And honestly, I I know this is like probably going to make people mad, but I kind of want Roxas to be turned into a Xehanort and I want to fight Roxas. Very (laughs) fun. I want to fight Roxas. I know, but I want to fight him again in Unreal Engine 4. Uh. Hey, well, well, you're you're a game dad. You can make it. I know. That's so true. only if square pays me then maybe we'll do that <laughs> but yeah i think i oh, think hey, that's remember remember you did meet yasui so yeah you can't put a good yeah come on yasui you. you like my art let's let's like me more and hire me. <laughs> anyway so yeah i think that's that's been a great question segment what a crazy question to end it on i hope I hope even like half of the stuff we thought of would be included in Kingdom Hearts 3. I, I can't wait. I mean, going based off of last episode, you know, we heard it from Nomura himself. Kingdom Hearts 3 is overwhelmingly big. So hopefully uh, that will be the case and Kingdom Hearts 3 will deliver and be super overwhelmingly big. Alrighty, so moving on. Uh, our music for this episode is, oh man. Such a special song. Uh, we actually opened up the live stream with a simple and clean cover by Marie. We had that song as uh, an ending song a, a, quite a while back. I want to say a couple years ago. Uh, but this episode, we're going to be ending with her cover, uh, Marie from YouTube, of Passion slash Sanctuary. Uh, I promise you will uh, fall in love with her if you don't know about her. Uh, she's actually a professional musician. She does like her own pro professional music she uh actually does like music for tv shows sometimes like she's so amazingly good so uh like no joke if you ever skip the music segment on an episode uh make this episode the exception i wanted to kick this off and end this uh episode our episode 100 with a bang and i promise you this is a bang musically speaking so moving along Uh, Our next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 26th of July, and uh, you can subscribe to to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we are number one! Yay! Yes! And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, or... 
KHLTomania's Twitter, which is at KHLTomania. Sorry, I, got, I was like reading the chat. <laughs> That's okay. And as <laughs> always, uh, please uh, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. We've got a really like amazing set of rewards here on there. Uh, like I said before, go to patreon.com slash FFKHUnion to find out more about that. And uh, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. We really appreciate it. It helps uh, help us uh, to talk about the stuff that you like about the show and uh, makes the show relevant for you. And we love answering your questions about the Kingdom Hearts series. So it's time. It is the 100th goodbye of Kingdom Hearts Union. Is it really? <laughs> yes. Aww. Not really, because we also have like uh, special episodes and... <laughs> re-recordings that we've done and lots of other things but officially officially this is our hundredth goodbye thank you so So much for listening for a hundred episodes yes thank you all so much for the support has been amazing you know support i you know listening to us you know you guys are awesome we know without you there will be no us thank you guys very much for listening and especially coming in on this you know live stream you know something we've we've never done before you know we are you know learning from mm-hmm. this so thank you guys again so much for tuning yeah, in. yeah like we so, enjoy it so much like we we love kingdom hearts and we know that you guys love it too and doing this like makes us very happy and we're very very fortunate to be able to continue this for you too definitely so i'm so glad to, that to have you all together with us while we record oh it feels so nice to finally do oh, this live bags. we'll do it live finally finally that was true so uh it's so awesome to have all of you guys here together while we're recording um you know this has been such a great show it's been a long time coming literally seven years <laughs> so uh it's it's been such a pleasure to be the host of the show for the time that i have been the host i just want to thank all the prior hosts and co-hosts that made this show what it is uh, you know, we got Lauren McFadden, who was here in the chat previously. There was Kyle Winan and Marina, and there was... Yeah, Project Destati. Project Destati. Hi, Project Destati. Uh, we had uh, Jackie, and we have Sebby with us, and Lauren. Uh, Lauren from Cage, uh, or Lauren from Final Fantasy Union. She's still doing that, so that's great. So thank you to all our hosts currently. Churro, Sebby, thank you for being here with me. And thank you to everyone who's been a prior host because you guys uh, made this show what it is. And thank you, especially to the fans that listen, uh, to the fans that watch us, you know, on things like our deep dive stream and watch us on YouTube. We really appreciate all of your support, our Patreon supporters, of course, uh, because you uh, help us make this show happen. You know, couldn't do it without you. So thank you all for being with us. So. For the 100th time, well, not, not this, not this, not word for word, but <laughs> for the 100th time, the host says goodbye. So, I'm Brandon, saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.